Welcome back to the Shots Aside podcast. Uh, boys, we just got done uh, watching game three of the NBA Finals. I'm here with Matt and Adam uh, today. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on game three? Well, uh, I can tell you this much. Uh, it looked like the refs were controlling a lot of that game right there. All good to be back here. Um, you know, it was not a not a great first half for the Warriors. Honestly, terrible first half. They just looked like they, they were asleep out there. A lot of poor shooting from everybody besides Steph. Um, and Clay. And, and, yeah, and Clay played good, especially in the third quarter. Uh, Warriors as a whole played good in the third quarter until Steve Kerr made the boneheaded move to take Steph out. But Gosh. What are your thoughts on the game, Al? Yeah, um, I thought the game, just like both game one and game two, first half was kind of a wash. Um, I know Boston was up 12, but it didn't really feel like they were up 12 at, the, at that time. Um, but kind of like game one, um, Boston kind of got things going. Rob Williams was, was a big help. I think he had, what, five blocks, four or five blocks in the game. The Time Lord. Almost had a double-double with eight points and 10 rebounds, but um, the trio between, uh, I think they put this on ESPN, but uh, Tatum, Brown, and Smart, uh, first trio since uh, the Lakers back with Magic, Kareem, and I forgot who the other guy was, but uh, first trio to do uh, 20 plus points, five plus rebounds, and five plus assists. So um, that's basically what got, got Boston this win. Um, they had great uh, help off the bench. Um, you know, even Grant Williams gave him some help there a little bit. Um, but uh, I think the only negative from Boston's standpoint was uh, Al Horford when he fouled uh, Steph Curry on that four-point play. Uh, that should have been a five-point play. I don't know. They, I think they need to change the rule there. <laughs> yeah, that was a... Uh... Definitely a turning point that helped them get back in the game. A big thing for Boston, too, was they're just eating up offensive boards. They they got 15 to the Warriors' six on the offensive boards. So when Marcus Smart or Grant Williams would brick a three, they'd get a second opportunity, and usually those go down the next time. So that definitely played a big role in it. And then the Warriors, just sometimes they just were sloppy with the ball. I felt like at times in the second half. Yeah, that's that's what won the uh, the Celtics the game. There was second half points or second chance points, and um, just their defense that they've been playing pretty much since the second half of the year. Um, they they looked good today. Got to give it up to the Celtics. But um, come next game, the Warriors are gonna come even even stronger. Yeah, if the Warriors are gonna make this a series and tie it up in game four, Draymond's got to play better. I mean, two points, only took four shots. I know me and Matt talked about this uh, in the podcast before, but, uh, you know, just seeing Draymond shooting less usually benefits the Warriors. Um, This game, not so much. I mean, two points, three assists, four rebounds. Me and Matt were joking about this earlier, but uh, a triple single for for, uh, Draymond. Um, But also looking at the bench, too. The bench units for both teams really didn't do a whole lot. I mean, 
for Golden State, you had you had 18 points total, 10 from Jordan Poole, six from Otto Porter on threes. Um, and then for Boston, they had they had only 20 bench points. So uh, this was a lot hanged on over like the starters for both teams. And I think uh, Boston starters just played better. Um, kind of managed that third quarter run by the Warriors. I think they had, what, a six-point lead going into the fourth. And then once the fourth quarter hit, I think uh, Tatum kind of knew it was time for him to kind of take over the game. Yeah, I, I was just disappointed in the way um, Jordan Poole played. Um, when you're in the finals, I mean – especially the way that we've seen Jordan Poole come up in these playoffs. It's disappointing to see him play the way he did this game. And and they, they need him to step up. Um, they need that extra scoring off the bench if the Warriors are going to come out on top in this series. Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, they definitely need Poole to be stepping up. And then also I, it was kind of – confusing why they didn't play uh looney a little bit more this game like he had been playing he only played 17 minutes and previously he had been playing 20 minutes but um i think looney had been giving them a lot of help out there especially when rob williams is just killing them out there on the offensive glass and blocking shots left and right um i think looney could have definitely maybe helped weather the storm a little bit more especially with uh Draymond struggling basically on all aspects of the game tonight besides just attacking people. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, you need something to match that, the the Robert Williams, um, if you're the Warriors. Um, you, you just need to match that the, the rebounding. That's that's what I think the, the number one thing that, that killed the, uh, the Warriors there was the offensive boards that the Celtics had, which how much was that, uh, Alex? Do you remember? Well, I know Golden State had 31 rebounds, and guess how many rebounds Boston had? Let me guess, like 50? 47 rebounds. So a 16 uh, differential in rebounds. Um, That's pretty much what was kind of the big differential when you look at team stats was uh, just the rebounding. Um, Draymond, Looney, we talked about this a little bit, but both of them just – when it came to the Warriors bigs really didn't do a whole lot. And then they tried putting in Bielita for a little bit. And I mean, Bielita just got manhandled down low. Yeah. That did not look good. There was, I think there was like three back, like three straight trips where, uh, Robert Williams just absolutely manhandled Bielita, pushed him around. And I, I don't see Bielita getting a lot of playing time, uh, going forward. Um, if I'm, if any, yeah, I mean, if the Warriors want to, they're going to need to steal this next game to make this a series. I don't see, I don't see the Warriors coming out on top if they can't get this next game in Boston. So if they want to get this next game they're. I mean, I liked what Clay had in the first, I think it was first quarter. He struggled a little bit. And then second quarter, he kind of got his shot going, which we haven't seen all series long. So it was kind of nice to see him get his shot going. Um, so him and Curry both had, what they have, 56 combined, and then they had help from Wiggins with 18. Um, so those three did good. It was just everybody else was just kind of non-existent for their team. So 
going forward into game four, uh, what are you guys looking for forward for the Warriors to kind of uh, have a chance to even up the series? Uh, game four, I think if the Warriors want to keep staying competitive in the series and win this one, get home court back, they got to go back to what they did well, and that was playing people like Looney and Gary Payton more than they did this game. Their, their minutes decreased by like five to ten minutes, which is kind of confusing considering they helped them so much in uh, game two. So I think getting those guys a few more minutes versus somebody like Bielitsa, who should never, ever touch the court in the finals. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, then I think uh, also like pool. Like we got to have a pool party on – Friday, if we if we want him to, or if we want the Warriors to win, otherwise it it could be a a three one going back to Golden State on whenever the next. Hey, yeah, I mean the way I see right. it, it's gonna be a pool party on Friday. <laughs> Every time I hear Stephen A. just say pool party, I just cringe. I absolutely cringe up, but um. Matt, I know you were talking about this a little bit, but um, at the end of the game when Kaminga came in, you were like, "Why isn't he getting more minutes?" Like, yeah, I feel, uh, I feel like, uh, especially if you're gonna play somebody like Bielitsa, like I, I understand like he can stretch the floor, but like it looks like he's moving with bricks inside his shoes. That's how slow he is out there. And I think somebody like Kaminga, like he's a long, lengthy defender. I think he could give some people some problems if like, even if you're just playing him like five minutes, like Leeds played tonight. Yeah. He's kind of like Wiggins in a way when it comes to, I mean, just a less experienced Wiggins and like he can at least spread the floor. Cause like when they pass it in the corner to like Draymond or somebody like that, like nobody's even running out there within like 10 feet. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I felt bad for Wiggins too, cause he played 40 minutes, which was more than anybody. Um, we talked about this though earlier. I think the key in this loss, though, what it came in late in the third quarter. I think it was there's two minutes and fifty seconds left in the third, and then Steve Kerr decided to take out Steph Curry when they were kind of going on that run. Uh, I think they cut it to about what well, they cut it to two points, and then they took out Steph Curry, and then that's when Boston kind of went on a little mini run to close out the third to go back up six, which I think really gave them confidence going into that fourth quarter. And then it just took spiraled out of control after that. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what uh, Steve Kerr was thinking there taking out Curry at that specific juncture. I, I mean, when you're on a roll like that, you got to let your shooters shoot and especially your best player and Steph Curry. I mean, that's, that's how you're going to win these games is let your stars take over the game. And, in this game, for sure, the the Warriors were taking. I mean, Steph and Clay, like they were hitting shots, um, and it all relied to, um, on their on their bench play, which was was very subpar this game, and that's uh, that's what killed them. Yeah, absolutely. Some of the, yeah, some of those substitutions at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth, were kind of um, baffling by Kerr because like. Even Clay, at one point, he was six for eleven from the field, and then he finished one for six from the field to go seven for seventeen. And part of that was because he took him out to start the fourth. And like I think, as like shooters when they're hot, you gotta leave them in. Like I, I think Clay would say the same thing. Like even if he's tired, like he's hot, like 
let him keep like especially when they need like pool wasn't doing anything so like they needed scoring so i think uh that's what championship teams do those they make adjustments so i think the warriors will make the right adjustments and we'll see it we'll see the normal curry and clay uh splash bros but i think it's gonna be a pool party on friday it's a pool party (laughs) cringe (laughs) no yeah um i mean uh like they said during the game i am pretty sure um uh, the warriors are five and oh um coming off a loss so um if things go to plan, um, I think the Warriors have a great chance of uh, coming out next game victorious. Um, it, all, it all comes down to coaching plan. And, um, you know, um, another thing is uh, what, we, we have no clue how the refs are going to ref the next game or the game after that. So it, it's got to be a collective effort. Um, and they got they got to put something together here. Yeah, I'll touch base on the refs a little bit. But uh... – Adam, I know you asked about the offensive rebounds differential, but uh, it was 15-6 to six in favor of Boston, so they had nine more offensive rebounds than Golden State. Yeah, that, that'll do it. That'll. <laughs> and then um, just another team stat, but I think it was, we talked about this earlier, but uh, Boston's 0-5 when they have more than 18 turnovers in a game. 12 turnovers today to Golden State 17. So they did a great job of uh, not turning the ball over that much and uh, limiting transition, which was key. Um, But speaking of the refs, um, so last game we saw in uh, game two, uh, calls were kind of going favoring Golden State a little bit. Um, I kind of figured it would kind of turn back around now being in Boston um, and having Scott Foster as, as the referee too. But yeah. Boston had 24 free throw attempts to Golden State's 15. So uh, yeah. it definitely flip-flopped. And uh, if you're Boston, I mean, thank Scott Foster in that refereeing department uh, oh, for yeah. that game. Yeah, I mean, even – even including the refs, I think, uh, like, even or even if uh, the refing was a little better, I feel like the Warriors still might have lost this game in the end. Um, it, boss, what the Warriors have been doing good in game two was they kept Boston out of the paint. In this game, they had fifty-two paint points, and I think that's that's one of the big reasons why you want to keep Looney out there because Loon Dog's just swatting shit when things come out there <laughs> come into his paint. He was owning it. He had three blocks, I think. Um, or three steals in a block last game when people were coming in the paint on him. And I think that they missed that this game. Uh, Warriors only had 26 paint points, so they weren't even getting to the hoop. But, I mean, you could say some of that was some missed foul calls. I, I Sometimes I felt like the, the Warriors weren't getting those small bump fouls that the Celtics might have been getting. But at the end of the day, you, you got to kind of control the paint and turnover battle to win games, and they didn't do that tonight. Yeah, the the one thing that I've noticed throughout this this whole playoffs actually is how many damn blowouts there have been in this playoffs. Like, what do you what are your thoughts on that, Alex? Like, it's it's insane. I've never seen a playoffs like this where it's either a blowout or it's a, a somewhat of a close game. Yeah, I mean, you hit it right on the on the nail. I mean, I did a stat and I went through every single playoff game this year. Um. And my conclusion was 
less than 50% of the games that if, if you were to watch every single playoff game, less than 50% of those games would be within 10 points. Um, I don't think, I mean, I'd have to look back in history, but I don't think there's a single time, single playoffs season where I've seen it this, um, seen the point differential just so differing when it comes to, you know, because most of these playoff matches weren't like, I didn't feel like the teams were that different. And especially like when you look in into Boston, like playing against Miami, that series, even though it went to seven games, like I felt like every single game was a 20 point blowout for one team. Yeah. It, it has kind of been weird too. Cause like I saw something the other day too, that um, like in, in the last, like, like uh, six to seven years or something like that, the, there this has been the least amount of sweeps in the playoffs. Like there's only been one sweep, and that was the Celtics over the Nets. Um, so that's kind of surprising. That and that was like the closest series too. Yeah, and that's like surprising that there's been so many blowouts when there's been no sweeps. So, um, I you know I just hope that like the rest of the series can be a little bit closer at the end of games. Like, um. That nobody wants to see Nick Stauskas and Juan Toscano Anderson battle it out in the last two minutes. They'd much rather see uh, Tatum and Curry going at the end. I like um, seeing Sam Hauser though. <laughs> yeah, Sam Hauser. Um, I just feel like you kind of want to see like those like defining moments that like you remember. Like I think like even though it happened like five to six years ago now, like everybody remembers like the LeBron block or like the Ray Allen three and like. You want to see those moments in the, yeah, or the even, finals or the Kobe shots. Or, or Kawhi's shot against Kawhi's Philly. against Philly. Like, those are the kind of shots and stuff that you remember. And even if they're not buzzer beaters, like, you remember, like, close games and big-time plays. But Yeah, I feel like the key moments in this playoffs are coming in the second and third quarter and early on. Like, you're not seeing crunch time, you know, fourth quarter – you know, shot clock going down, down one, fadeaway jumpers, or, you know, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, uh, I'm not not trying to get on this playoffs. Like, it's still been super entertaining to watch, um, especially this Boston team kind of grow up. Because, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but before All-Star break, I was already writing this team off. I know I picked them to win in six, and I did this, pretty early on in the playoffs too. So um, just to see how they've kind of grown as a team and came together. And um, obviously they got healthy. That's a huge key part in any playoff, you know, run is just health in general. And then also building off that and coming to, to together as a team. But. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was uh definitely when uh Robert Williams hurt his knee like towards like the start of the playoffs or like a couple weeks before, it was definitely um not a great thing to see. Uh, you can tell that he's still banged up, but I mean he just makes just a night and day difference when he's out there just from his rim protection standpoint and like even just like tipping rebounds to people too and stuff like that. And you think uh. Horford's getting up there, so like he's a good rebounder and stuff, but like his paint presence and blocking shots isn't quite the same as uh, having Robert Williams out there. No, I mean, yeah, I'm, if you look at it, um, 
Golden State doesn't have a lot of paint points. I mean, they don't get in the paint very often. Like they, they rely on their shots. They rely on uh, Steph and and Thompson and Poole to get their shots, make their shots from the mid range outside, occasionally drive in. Um, and I like what Wiggins is doing. Wiggins is a great change of pace player, and when when he brings in the ball and and drives it. It spreads spreads the floor out for the Warriors, and they need to figure out a way to get more open shots. And then also, just number one is uh, take care of defense. Um, I mean, they they showed glimpses um, of a game or two, but um, they need to be more consistent with the defensive play. And and that's that's why uh, Boston is running away with this a little bit right now. Just because their defense is just steady, and then they have a game plan, and they stick to it. And uh, the Warriors, uh, I think they're still trying to figure out a way to get around that that uh, defense that the Celtics have. Yeah, I agree. I think uh big thing for the Warriors, like if if they're gonna do anything in this series, like with the lack of like um, pain points that they have, like. Draymond's got to get to the rim somehow or like do like I I don't want him taking a ton of shots or anything especially like outside shots but he's got to find a way to at least be able to attack the basket to a certain point I think sometimes like like he could go to the basket but he finds himself like just looking for the pass which like I mean I understand when you have elite shooters that you want to get the ball to them but like at a certain point like they're not even paying attention to him that he's if they're getting double covered too like you, I mean, you have to paint all yourself. Even if you get the ball and you don't want to take that extra dribble in, then you at least have a kick out to a wide open shooter. I just don't think, I think they're relying too much. It worked early on too in the second and, and third quarter when Steph and Clay were making those shots. But as soon as Boston made that adjustment, started kind of having Robert Williams go up, having Al Horford go up, having their big guys go up and kind of trap, it just felt like they couldn't make that extra pass to swing it around. Yeah, I agree. And it, it feels crazy to even think that, like, at one point, like, Draymond was scoring 32 points, 15 boards, and nine assists in a game seven of the NBA right. Finals, and now he's scoring a triple single every single game, two points, three rebounds, four or whatever stats were tonight around that. And like, it just feels like he's not like looking to get his shot at all. When I, I feel like that's what the Warriors need. And that's part of what made them like the most fluid offense in the entire NBA is when he would at least look for like his shot, like a tiny bit. Yeah. I mean, the way I, the way I look at this finals is uh, this is, Kind of um, approve it to, to to Kevin Durant that the system is going to work, and right now it it's not looking the best for the Warriors. Um, it, you can't say much for Kevin Durant because he got swept by the Celtics. But I mean, the fact that the the Warriors are struggling this much against a, I would say an inexperienced Finals team in the Celtics. Um, I mean, the Warriors need to prove that the system is going to work and that it's going to lead them to the championship. And if not, there's going to be a lot of questions this coming off season. And if things don't go the way that the Warriors want them to go, I think there might be a couple of changes of scenery uh, come this off season for the Warriors. 
Wow. You guys seem Big, that's a bold prediction, I know. Yeah, I know. you guys you guys seem really down on on the two guys yeah. that picked the Warriors to to win it. I just think yeah. um Well, I'm not I mean I don't think they'll trade anybody. I think they just need to get more experience for guys like Kaminga, Moody, and if Wiseman gets healthy, like that makes a big difference. Um, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think, uh, I mean, it is interesting kind of to think about like, what if you replace like um, KD for like Curry or somebody like that? Like, where would like would would they have a better chance of winning or not? Like, like who who was the true alpha on that team? It's tough to really tell. Like I. I want to say it's Curry just because I like the Warriors, but like I, I don't know. It's tough to tell. Like, can that, you that, that, can you see Curry on a different team? But like, no, I'm not saying like to trade it. I'm just saying like who was the true alpha on that team? Like, would like I think the uh, Nets would have easily got swept if you put yeah second or third. Yeah, well, Curry instead of KD, but like yeah, that's KD's like the, the KD was. Yeah. I mean, in some people's eyes, the best player in the NBA. Like he's he's a top five player right now. Um, Steph's probably maybe top five too. I'd say top ten at the least. Uh, but top three at, at offense, I would say. But, yeah, but defense is a different. I mean, it's still early on in in the finals too. It's yeah. it's a two one lead for Boston. Um, Golden State had they played really well game one, and they played really well game two. Unfortunately, they lost one of those games. So that kind of hurt them a bunch, actually, uh, to now be down 2-1. They can still come back. Um, I think the next game, when's the next game? Friday. Friday. So <laughs> so they get, what, a day things out? Looney Tunes. Play <laughs> <laughs> Looney Tunes? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they got, they got some time to figure this out. Um, if I'm Golden State, I'm not hitting the panic bar- button just yet. Um, if If they did lose... Uh, game four though that would be a a big blow but like we said in the first uh series of the podcast it would be pretty funny to see golden state come back from a 3-1 deficit and win yeah it absolutely would be i think uh i don't know i I, i'm not concerned yet because i think if if they all they had to do is if they steal one game to get back home court i think they'll be fine i think they could win if they win in game four, I think they could win a back-to-back against them and in Golden State for game five. Um, and then who knows, Clay, game six, Clay may come out to end it or it could go back to Golden State and they could end it there. But um, Clay, Yeah, game game know. six, Clay is scary. I, mean, I don't know if the Celtics want to face that. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. Yeah, especially too, like um, – with like game sevens too, like the Celtics haven't always been like super good in game sevens because they they lost that game seven to the, the Cavs a few years back. But I mean, obviously Tatum was a rookie that year, so they're two and zero though this playoffs. This playoffs, but I mean, uh, Jimmy Butler and the uh, and Max Struess uh, is not the same as Clay and Curry slinging it. I th- I feel like. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, they they've they've honestly got some some good injury luck on their side too. Like the Celtics have, like Heroes out, and then uh, and that was pretty much what the Heat were missing was like a little extra dose of offense. And then 
in in the series before Chris, dude if chris milton was there we wouldn't even be talking about the celtics we'd get, be saying should we break up jason tatum and jalen brown but you could say the same are. thing about the warriors though like if if the nuggets had jamal murray and michael porter jr that series would have been different i don't it would have been so. it would have been different i think it those even close four to one it would have been a series at least it might have been a series but i mean michael porter jr he's like what kind and of then, does he play? Well, then, he, it, if Phoenix didn't have the, an all-time collapse in Game Seven, yeah, <laughs> and if they, they would have gave a better series than Dallas, I I believe that they might have. But they they're used to all-time collapses, courtesy of Chris Paul. Because same thing happened on the Rockets; they were up two zero last year in the finals. Same thing happened. It's a Chris Paul curse. That's what happens when you flop your whole entire career. <laughs> I mean, that's we're throwing, a we're throwing shots here. I mean, I, I came from the Pat Beverly school of <laughs> Chris Paul. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I. I mean, I, there's a lot of shade you could throw at Chris Paul for hey, sure. Pat but... Bev, you're you're allowed on the show whenever, whenever. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to bring Pat Bev on. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. But um just some final thoughts. Uh I know we're tied it's well it's not tied, but it's at it's two one Boston. Um what are you guys looking forward to in game four? What's uh what are you keeping an eye on? I'm definitely keeping an eye on the pool party. I, I know everybody everybody's allowed in. There's gonna be some splish splashing around come game five. What no came game four, my bad. But no, I think Friday is gonna be entertaining. Um I w- I wouldn't like to see a blowout, but the way these playoffs are running, I yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a blowout come come Friday. Um but I, I'm looking for a good game, but I, I'm seeing I'm seeing the Warriors taking this game and going back into Golden State. Yeah, I agree. I think I think the Warriors will take it. Uh, like if they wanna win the series, because I, I think this this is kind of one of those games where like I, I know Game Six was a must win for the the Heat when they beat the Celtics, but like in a similar sense, I feel like this is a must win for the Warriors, um, and they need a similar type of performance that. Jimmy Butler put to a certain extent where like either Clay Poole or Curry goes off for like 30 or 40 points and they play good defense in addition to that and I think uh, you know if the Warriors want to be champions again I think that's gonna happen if they don't uh, 3-1 deficit I mean maybe they want that narrative too but I think that it'll be tough to get out of a 3-1 hole so you guys both have Golden State winning. Taking game Golden four. State, but I, th- I think this one will will be close. I just hope it'll be close. a close game. I think it'll be a close game. Wow. I think I think Steph's coming for Finals MVP too. I think we'll, his we'll, numbers are looking like we'll it. see some some of the pool party, but I think Steph's got a. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he played forty four minutes in this next game. Like if it's a close game. Yeah, I mean, if if Golden State wants a chance. Um, kind of banking off what you two kind of pointed out. Um, Steph's got to ha- continue to keep doing what he's doing. I mean, he's got to put up at least 30 points. Uh, Clay's got to put up 20-plus like he did tonight. But I think the main thing is the bench. The bench has to get going. Um, 18 points is going to cut it in Boston. Uh, they got to get somebody going. Draymond's got to – if he's not going to put up points, he's got to get 
double digits in assists or rebounds. He's gotta he's gotta do something to kind of muck up the game a little bit. Um, yeah, gotta have Looney out there. And I I do like they gotta use Looney early on in that first quarter, like first and third quarter, where they can, you know, Steph can drive in, bring in three, two or three people, and then dump it off to Looney for a nice easy dunk or layup. I mean, you got to find ways to get your role players um, easy buckets. That's why, I mean, LeBron's been so good at that over the years, just getting his role players, you know, into the mix early on. And then, well, yeah, I'm just, it's just, I'm just relating it to it. But if Golden State is going to get this win, which I think they have a good chance of doing in game four, I just think... I mean, I think I Boston's going to take this again in game four. Wow, that's, I a, think that's bold. That's bold. It might be bold, but uh, I think I think Boston figured something out here. I think Tatum finally got his offense going a little bit at in the second half. Uh, if Jalen Brown continues to do what he did in the first half, especially in the first quarters, um, it puts Golden State in a little bit of a deficit already. And then... Marcus Smart, if you can get 15 points from him and then the defense he plays on those guards uh, can really, you know, it's going to stand out, obviously. And then Robert Williams, if he can be, you know, the guy that blocks every single shot, if he can be the guy that rebounds the ball over Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, all these smaller, you know, wing players, whatever you want to call them, um, I think that's a combination that will work well, even if their bench doesn't do good, which their bench didn't do that great either. But um, I think it's it's going to come down to the three, the trio against the other trio. It's going to come, you know, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum against Jordan Poole, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Whichever trio has the best game in game four is who I think is going to win. I just think it's going to be Boston. Yeah, I'm, I mean, Boston's been shooting unrealistic. I mean, you you cannot rely on Marcus Smart to be putting up 20 points a game. He's just not that type of player. Like, yeah, he's a defensive player. He can hit those shots every now and again. But, like, I mean, you got to give it up to Marcus Smart. He's been hitting the shots. And I, I just, I mean, from a realistic point of view, I don't see him – continuing the, like this the shooting streak like he, he is shooting good right now but I, I just don't see it for the rest of the series like he's gonna get his shots there and there but i mean they're getting some they're getting their shots to fall um uh but i i don't i don't see it continuing for marcus smart and that, that's gonna be the difference maker from uh from now on yeah i, I completely agree with that i think uh marcus smart is an x-factor and i think uh He's the person that you want taking the threes, honestly, out of like, like Tatum and Brown and those guys. Like, I mean, it, it's a six point game and he banks in a long three to make it a nine point game. Like, those are the types of threes that you want him to take because it, it's more of like the offensive rebounds when he takes a bad three and they get it back off a long rebound that kills you because then they kick it out to a wide open like Tatum or like even Grant Williams got a wide open three in the corner one time. Um, 
like you can live with Marcus Smart taking three. Like you don't want to give him a wide open three, but like you can live with a single contested Marcus Smart three, in my yeah. opinion. I mean, he's not as bad as Draymond when it comes to shooting. No, I'm trees, not, but... not saying he is. I'm just saying yeah. like that's who you'd want over Tatum. Uh, out of the guards, you'd probably want him and Derek White probably taking those shots. Yeah, just like like on the other hand, like I'm sure the Celtics would rather have Wiggins taking a three over the other two. Obviously, like Stephen Clay had on right. three, yeah, right, or Draymond, but Draymond shouldn't shoot in general unless like. He's confident in it. I feel like he hesitates too much whenever he shoots, but right. I think they had some luck though too. In um, I know Horford didn't shoot a lot, but whenever Horford shot, I do, I wasn't comfor- comfortable with him taking shots today. It Horford, seemed like no. seemed like his shot was a little off. No, uh, but here's he gives a lot of effort in other areas though that makes him still yeah that makes up for it yeah. Um, before we go though, guys, uh, I just want to touch base on awards a little bit. Um, who you guys have, I know it's early on. I mean, we're three games in, who do you have as being the MVP of the finals? Uh, I, you know, I'd still say like, obviously it depends on who wins it, but right now, like it's, what we can, we can do both teams. Do both yeah. teams. Okay. Right now. One I'd for say, each team. I'd say the, the Warriors. MVP right now is obviously Steph Curry. I don't I don't think anybody's played consistently enough to even be in the conversation. Like Poole played good last game, Clay played good this game, but Curry's played good in all three games. Um and then on the Celtics side, it's honestly a toss up between Tatum and Brown. I, I'm I'm leaning more Brown right now just because he's been more consistent throughout the these three games, but I mean Tatum one good game and he's right there, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, those picks are spot on. Um, I don't think you can pick anybody else but Steph Curry if if you're on the Warriors. Steph's been just lights out this this finals. So, Agreed. um, my my pick is unanimously Steph Curry for for the Warriors if if they can come back and then finish this series off. Um, so yeah, Celtics side it does get a little tricky. Um. They spread the ball around very well. Um, I I definitely I mean my, what I think and what will probably happen are probably two different things. But um, if it were me, I'd I'd probably pick Brown at this point. Um, I think he's played better on both sides of the ball um, out of the whole Celtics group. But I mean. I, if the Celtics um, win this series, I think the MVP will more than likely go to Jason Tatum, just because he's their he's their superstar. He's their number one guy. Um, I know, like people like to to mash Tatum and Brown together, but uh, this is definitely Tatum's team for sure. It would be pretty interesting though if like they gave the MVP to two two players, oh, like a co award, like the All Star team, yeah. Shaq and Kobe. <laughs> I don't know if they, I don't know if they can or if they would. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's happened before in the in the All Star game, but that is the All Star game. Well, and you hear players that are like, "This isn't just my MVP award. This is a team award." Like you hear that all the time. It really, it really is a team award because I mean, not one player is going to bring a championship to a team, right? Not even LeBron, Alex. 
Well, yeah, but this is, it should have been should have been Kyrie Irving's MVP award. Oh boy, that's push. That's that's pushing it too far. Or for no, the it's... suspension of Draymond, the, the the league should have got their own MVP award. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I'd have to agree with uh, the Warriors pick there. I think Steph is uh, by far leading it um, for the Warriors. Um, I don't think there's anybody even close to even debate with him on that. Um, but for Boston, I think it's it's got to be Scott Foster, right? <laughs> I think he's absolutely carried it when it came to just calling a perfect game for Boston. <laughs> Honestly, he's definitely like he's more on the Marcus Smart tier. He's very, very helpful, but just below Brown and Tatum. Yeah, I mean, Chris Paul was on the Warriors bench for some reason, and I think Scott saw that, and he was like, oh, this is going to be a bad game for you guys. <laughs> so, and you, I think he did it in like the, it was right at the end of the third quarter when I think Chris Paul went over to go talk to Steph and tell him he was doing a good job, and Scott saw that, and he was like, nah, like we're, we're, changing, we're changing the flow of this game real quick. No, uh, in all uh, seriousness, though, um, I think you have to give it, to, as much as I want to give it to Jalen Brown, uh, just how great he's played in the first half, I think I have to give it to Jason Tatum just because he, he might not have like incredible numbers when it comes to scoring so far, but um, I think his defense mixed in with... Yeah, um, just his leadership on this team. But um, I think going forward, though, you're going to see a lot more of Jason Tatum. I think he's just getting warmed up. We saw this at the ga- end of game three. Um, and I'm looking forward to uh, to what comes next in game four, for sure. But uh, that's going to conclude our podcast for today. Uh, boys, we're going to uh, Jurassic World Dominion tomorrow. You get to see uh, the last Jurassic World movie. A little combination of all of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it should be a good movie. Uh, hopefully uh, the Warriors can turn the Celtics into the dinosaurs and beat them up on Friday. <laughs> That's my comparison. It's a pool party. <laughs> all right, guys. From us all here, uh, we want to wish you guys a great weekend and a great next week. <laughs> um, from here at Shot to Side Podcast. Uh, peace out, guys. Back to you, Signing off. fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> you, fucking, you can't fucking swear. There we go.